It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Thursday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. It's really great to have you with us on the show today. Don't forget the usual numbers. I always mention them. If you want to get in touch with us, anything to say, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. And I'm sure you're going to have plenty to say, especially when you meet my first guest today. Because you see, a few days ago, I was having my breakfast, my, my little breakfast, my tea and toast with marmalade. And I was actually stuck to the seat at home because, you see, I was watching TV AM on Virgin. And I have to say to you, it was a remarkable piece of television. And I'm delighted to say the subject of that wonderful piece is joining me today. She grew up in County Meath and she was on Virgin with our daughter, Amy. Joining me today to talk about herself and an awful time she went through domestic violence. Priscilla Granger, welcome to Late Lunch. Hi, good afternoon to you, Jerry. Thank you very much for joining me on the show today, Priscilla. And as I said, there, I don't know whether you heard me saying I was watching you on TVAM on Virgin recently and really I was stuck to my seat, I have to say. And I'm delighted you're with me today on the show. Uh, you're with us at last on LMFM Radio and we're going to talk about you and your story and, of course, the book called Safe and the organisation you've set up with your daughter, Amy. Priscilla, will you take us back? You you grew up in County Meath. This man you met and married, did you know him long before you got married to him? Met him in 1989 and got married in 95. Would have known him a few years, but like being honest with you, I didn't see the red flags before um, I got married. There was, to be, there was no red flags, but being honest with you, Jerry, there was, but I didn't know what red flags were. Mm. But um, but but when you when you say red flags, the abuse that you ultimately suffered was there any of that before you no, actually married absolutely him? Absolutely none, none, none whatsoever. Okay, nothing. and there was never any never any form of emotional abuse or financial abuse or anything like that. Mm. But certainly not physical abuse, as we would have known then. Domestic violence, right? Yes. Or the 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 battery though. The women being battered at home. Yeah. That wasn't part. That certainly wasn't in it before the relation. Before we got married. What What do you term a red flag? Just for example, what would you say to somebody listening today? One or two. What What were red flags? Red flags would be someone trying to control you. What you wear. What you eat. What you drink. You're too fat. Um, that would be an emotional or you're a fat C or if you're a man, you're a fat B. Mm. or a fat P, whatever you want to yes. call them. Um, 
you're not going up to your mothers, you're not going to your fathers. Why are you going out with your friends? Uh, what are you spending that on? Why are you buying socks? You don't need to buy socks. Uh, well, I need to buy football boots for the little fella. But why are you buying football boots? He got them six months ago, but he's grown out. But why has he grown out of them? Mm. And this constant taunting and taunting and taunting. Yes. And that's what they do. That's oh. a form of control. Okay, so so those are, and they're very important to mention, and if anybody's in a situation that they're concerned about, those are things to watch out for. How long did you go out for, with him f- before you married him? Five years. Just, right, just so, five years. yeah, that's a long courtship, as they say. And well, uh, you know. yeah, but the biggest mistake, and I will say to to this day, Jerry, is I didn't move in and live with him. Hmm. The old saying, come live with me, you know me. Yes. And I didn't. And that was a mistake. I do believe if I, if I had gone to live with him, I possibly wouldn't have ever married him. Isn't that something now when you reflect on it? So you get married and you have a great wedding day, etc., etc. You have a honeymoon. And it nearly starts immediately, this stuff, does it? it? Does, yeah, it does, yeah. It's like a control thing. I, I, did t- I thought I noticed it a little bit the next day after the wedding. Well, I just thought it was just stress and after being, you know, the amount of people around and, and you know, we were all tired, etc. But then I noticed it then, I suppose I noticed it on the flight. I noticed the mood had changed. The mood went from a massive high to a massive low, but he wasn't kicking out of the low mood. Mm. And I couldn't handle, I can't handle mood things. Yes. I was finding it very difficult to handle. And then, then... I suppose into the into the honeymoon, the very early days of the honeymoon had started, and it was because we went out for a meal. And funny, he didn't bring didn't bring my passport, left it in the, the safe at the hotel, and in then days he used to, to pay for the safe, and um, went down to the bar, and uh, I was asked for ID. Um, I was twenty eight when I got married, but I still looked very young for my age. Mm. And funny, he wasn't asked, but he had his passport with him, and he didn't have mine. And obviously, they couldn't serve me alcohol, and I wasn't going back up to the hotel to walk up on my own to get it. He didn't offer to go. So I drank there for the night and drank coke, and um, went back to the hotel, and he wanted to sit up and have a drink. And I said, no, I've had enough of drinking coke all night. And um, I went up to the room, and I was reading the book, and he came up, and it kicked off from there and that was the start of it. And this physical abuse, and I know in your honeymoon I've been reading about it, you 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 covered up and it was the marks on your body and you dressed up and you, you, you uh, didn't make it visible. Was that a thing? Did you cover? I did, yeah. I covered it up. I covered it up from 1995 until eventually I got rid of the bastard in 2011. Use <gasps> language. Until I got rid of him in 2011. Now, in between that period, I left on numerous occasions I left nine times to go. Mm. And what galled me as well is the financial abuse. And do you know something? It was, it was peculiar today how this just happened. Just by chance, a property that, that we had jointly, I, I got it because it was in massive debt. So I said I would clear the debt on it and he just signed it over to me. And he fought me through every court. But long story short, anyway, I got it sorted. In 2006, when he was enjoying life, and I had no idea that he was gambling to the extent he was gambling, coming home, I was getting getting raw beatings, as they call them, beatings for no reason. 
um, been flung and been thrown. And that wasn't, the, as far as he was concerned, it wasn't to be. He was having a, he was having extramarital affairs up and down the country now that I know of. He got me to remortgage a, the house for a hundred thousand. And they'd only come in today, and I was going through it, and I, you want to hear the language of me in the kitchen? I said, what kind of a tick was I not to see it? Mm. Was I completely blind? But I realised he had me brainwashed, because remember, when I would challenge him on anything, ah, it's all in your head, you need to get that head sorted out, there's something wrong with you, you need to get on them antidepressants. And I believed that. I actually believed that. So they, I, I give a really good example on domestic violence. I went into into my marriage like a cement block, independent, strong, slim, and I walked out like a piece of grit because he had chipped and chipped and chipped and chipped and chipped, and that's what narcissistic, both men and females too. Yeah, because it, it it does work both ways, but you'd have to say it is mostly men that perpetrate it on women. Now, 95 to 2011 is a long time to put up with oh, what yeah, you put up with and what you went through. You do say that, you know, you, you were very friendly with the late Siobhan McLaughlin, who yes. was murdered by her husband, Brian Carney. You actually met as couples, didn't you, at one stage, early in your marriage? Early in our relationship. Right. We met, but I'm, but obviously, they had the same, they wouldn't have, obviously, liked each other, but independently, they had the same goal, was to get Siobhan away from me, and me away from Siobhan, because both of us were two independent women, mm. who had a future. Siobhan was a trophy wife, beautiful-looking girl. I would have been more the one that would have always lacked the confidence. Siobhan always brought the confidence out in me. But they know how to get a, get as independent, strong women. That's what they... They're, they're, like, they're like prayers. They, that's what they pray on. They're like hounds that go after them, sniffing. Independent. And especially somebody which I hadn't, had never, never, ever been in an abusive, previous abusive relationship. Um, I can't say the same about Siobhan. I don't know whether she was. I don't ever remember her telling me she was. Mm. But I can tell you here and now, that's what they do. When you're weak and they catch you at your most vulnerable moments, like I had got rid of him in 2007. Um, my late dad had passed and I had got the strength within three days of my dad being buried, I got rid of him. I had to go to the courts and get I'd get an order. Um, and I had him gone for a year. But how clever he was, he came back around the following year, starting to increase the visits to see his daughter, Amy, because he knew he was coming up to my dad's first anniversary. So he knew he'd catch me when I was weak. And bingo, he did it. And he was back, and it continued. I got worse then. Worse. You, you, you feared for your life. Did it almost come to that? Did, did he nearly kill you at times? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. On one occasion, I thought I was gone. 
On one occasion, I thought I was gone. I thought, this is it. He's going to do it. And I remember we were flying out to Rome. Hilarious, like, flying out, out to Rome. We'd never been out to, out to, to, to Italy. And he said he booked a trip to Rome. At least I thought he booked the trip to Rome, but sure he didn't. It came out of my account. And he booked, we went to Rome. And I got a beating the night before we went, and I will never forget it. And I stood up, and I actually gave gave him one back that night and said, don't touch me again. I'm getting tired of it. But I remember standing one night in my kitchen where I lived off the Navin Road in Dublin. And I stood, he was after giving me, as he called it, a tip. And I said to myself, if I don't get the hell out of here, there's one person going to end up in a body bag. Because he was either going to kill me or me, maybe if it hurt my daughter, I might have then killed him or mm. stabbed him. Mm. And I wasn't prepared to spend 20 years in the Joker's firm. Well, how did you get away eventually? Did you take your daughter, Amy, and just leave? Or did did you uh, seek recourse to law to force him out? What happened? What happened was I had tried to go in 1998 when Amy was nine months old. But unfortunately, there was no rooms in a refuge. So I went down to Leitrim. My parents had a house in Leitrim. And I told them I just wasn't feeling well. He was in really bad form. He was gam- He was a big gambler. He was gambling really badly. Showed my father the, sh- the, the, the crop, the manure we were in. The ship we were in with the mortgage was in arrears. And I said, it's down to gambling. And I ignored the domestic violence because I thought the gambling was the issue, hmm. not the domestic violence. And then my father, unfortunately, got very ill. And that lasted until 2007. But in between that, I was in and out and in and out. And then in 2000 and, uh, 2010, we were financially in dire straits. I had taken him back in 2008. And in 2010, we were in financial disasters because he'd be gambling again. I was attending Gaminon to get my life in order, and they were giving me the advice what to do. I had a safety order. I had gone to the courts, and I had a safety order in my marriage. It meant he couldn't touch me put me in fear and then in 2010 I had said we're not going to come out of this so we ended up having to sell the family home and move in with my mother and the house where we moved in was in my name but his name wasn't on it and long story short in 2011 he gave me a horrific beating one night and that was it in front of my daughter and my daughter had told me that she had seen him with a second phone. So I got her into a safe house. I rang a friend of mine who had a security company, and I said, listen, I can't afford to pay you now, but I will pay you. But I need you to come over and help me tonight. He said, Priscilla, you've no bearing order. I said, I know I've no bearing order, but I have a protection order or a safety order. And I said, he is, he's breached that. He's harmed me. He's going to kill me. So... Eventually, he arrived back at one thirty that morning. He was told to leave, and he left. And then he threatened to kill me in 2012, and I brought him before the court, dragging and screaming. And may I say, a battle with the guards, to believe me. Hence why the guards now work quite close with us. 
and he eventually pleaded guilty with threat to kill and he got the wonderful sentence of a 12-month suspended sentence and a €150 fine. And that was in 2012. And then I discovered that he was operating brothels around the Dublin area and the Meath area. And that was it. Then I had a major, major problem. He, he's now a man of money. He's going to come after me. And then he tried to come after us for everything that I had worked for. Leave me with nothing. But he didn't. Thank God, successfully he didn't. And the court saw through it. And Okay. I want to take a short break. Will you stay there with me? I, I know you've mentioned what he's into now. Allegedly, that is. Allegedly, that he's into uh, well, these... No, it's no. exposed by the Sunderworld newspaper. Okay. Okay, okay. Right, let, let, let's take a short break here and okay. stay with me. Will you please stay on the line there, please, yeah, Priscilla? Thank you for all your comments. Uh, wonderful praise for you, Priscilla. People congratulating you on speaking out. I'll just pick out one of them. There's many here. Uh, this one says, listening to Priscilla, she's such a beautiful person inside and out. I've known her a long time. She's the strongest person I know and herself and Annie deserve all the happiness in the world. That comes in from Karen and Navin this afternoon and so on and so on. They go. Let's move on from you escaping uh, from this awful, awful situation. You've gone on to write this book called Safe, along with your daughter, and you've set up this organisation called Stop Domestic Violence in Ireland. <laughs> you've been through the ringer, through, through the mill. When you look at Ireland today, in 2023, is this still an enormous problem from what you're hearing and people coming to you for help? Absolutely. It's actually worse than what people think. And we're not being taken serious. And, you know, we can all blame the government, OK? Yeah. And I think Minister, and I know she's at the moment, she's out on maternity leave, but Helen McEntee is doing a wonderful job. But unfortunately, the job that Helen is doing, as much as we praise it, it's not happening quick enough. Because it's while they're doing the work, you've got to remember the numbers are increasing rapidly. I do believe cocaine and um, drugs, especially cocaine, have a massive, massive problem in this country mm. when it comes to domestic violence because you've got to remember, these perpetrators, either male or female, think they're untouchable. Mm. They're untouchable. And, and coming back to your situation, the story you've told me, you mentioned the red flags. Is it a fact, or from your experience now and being involved with so many people and helping others, that, you know, you said when the ring went on the finger, the deal was done. You know, you marry the person, this person, be it man or woman, and this abuse starts. Is that a, a, a factor? Is that a trait that it can begin when the, the relationship is formalised? Yeah, but you know what? It's a very silly thing because I thought, which was stupid of me, but maybe I wanted to think and I was hoping the marriage would work and I was hoping I would change him and I was hoping he was going to become a lovely husband. It's it's not the fact because I know it's a fact. If I had come and told my parents that I was being in an abusive relationship, an abusive marriage, my parents would have turned down and said, get the F out of that door and get down here. You can sleep in the box room. Mm. They wouldn't have turned down and said, you made your bed, Linus. They wouldn't have done that. But that was me, the shame. <gasps> what did the neighbours say? Oh, what did Auntie Mary say? What did Uncle Mick say? Like, nonsense. Pure and utter nonsense. But remember, you were so badly, 
you're so badly mentally controlled by these abusers that every day you're being pushed down and pushed down and pushed down. So that's what you think. Yes. Because and remember, they are turning around and saying to you, sure, nobody wants you, you're useless. Even your parents don't want you, Priscilla. Yeah. And, and the message today is clear. Leopards don't change their spots. Get out. Don't tolerate this. You've got to go. That's, we want to part, don't you, with that message to listeners. My advice to anybody, talk to us. You don't have to run out the door immediately. Talk to us. Put a plan into place. A plan will be put into place by us within a matter of days. We will give you the tools. Like we have in the book, safe, the book.ie. And I'm not here on promoting our book. Because remember, five euros goes to victims of domestic violence, both male and female. Some of the funding will be going to men's aid as well. Yes. But my attitude is, come talk to us. We are not a registered charity. We're a support group. Mm. We don't take cash. We don't. What we take is we take new clothes and we take food, dry goods. Okay, we don't take funding. We don't want cash. What we want is to make sure that when victims make that decision to leave, yes. that if they have to go to a refuge or they have to go to their mothers, they'll have enough clothes, they'll have enough food to keep them going for a couple of weeks. Yes. So, That's Priscilla, awesome. time's going to beat us now. Stop domestic violence in Ireland. How do people contact you the easiest way? WhatsApp 86 or my daughter Amy 087-212-4896. You'll catch us on Facebook, Stop Domestic Violence in Ireland, and you can always Google my name and contact me. Our door is always open for anybody that needs food, or, and no one in this country should be going hungry. There's plenty no. of food, we have it. You have it, and you're there to help, and ye have the experience as well. Give those numbers to Louise, please, and I'll read them again through the show. You're fantastic. I wish you well with everything you do, and thank you for telling your story. And I hope any of your listeners that do need us, and do hope they don't, but if they do, they know now where to contact. Yes. We're normal people. We're not down to report. I know, I know, I know. Priscilla, got to leave it there. Thank you for joining me on the show. God bless you. Take care now. Bye-bye. On foot of my conversation with uh, the wonderful Priscilla Granger uh, at the start of the show, um, Bridget's been on to us to say that she wouldn't have survived without Priscilla and her daughter. They've helped her and so many people and she just wanted to publicly thank them on the airwaves today for all they've done for her and everyone they've helped. Priscilla Granger's number, if you're affected in any way by our conversation about domestic abuse, Priscilla's number is 086-869-7022. That's 86 869 7022. That gets Priscilla herself. She mentioned the other organisations. Women's Aid 1-800-341-900 Drogheda Women's Refuge 041-9844-550 Meath Women's Refuge 46 and Men's Aid 01 3811 and those numbers are available here off the main LMFM number and we'd be delighted to help you and pass them on to you do not stay in a situation where you are being abused in a relationship I know it's easier said than done but you've got to get out because the abuser rarely if ever 
changes their behaviour. Just leave you with that message and those thoughts today. And we thank Priscilla again for joining us on the show. Now, if you're with us yesterday, and lots of you are with us every day, we love that. Uh, You'll remember, tail end of the show, Shane Martin, the brilliant Shane Martin joined us. And he was talking about reconnecting with nature and emphasising how good it is for our moods, which we were talking about and our mental health. Well, we're building on that today with my next guest because Eleanor Morn, she's over Navinway in County Mead, does a thing called forest bathing. I am curious, are you? Eleanor, good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me on. And you're not the only one. A lot of people are very curious about forest bathing and they want to know what it is. Will I tell you? <laughs> Please do, because I we all have an image now. I have to get out my swimming trunks, or you have to put on your 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 whatever if you go swimming. If you're a man or a woman, not so. No, and a lot of people think that, and they think it's very woo woo, and we we do a lot of tree hugging and that kind of thing. But actually, no, it's not woo woo at all. It's a very simple simple practice that comes from Japan. Okay, and it's a slow walk in the forest, and you're actually bathing not in water but in all of your five senses. And uh, the practice comes from Japan. The Japanese have used nature as a treatment for thousands of years, but it wasn't until the 80s when they started to test it and research it because they had a stress epidemic in Japan. And they had a lot of, um, you know, young men overworking, and they developed uh, mental health issues and physical problems. So forest bathing is an evidence-based practice, and it's very heavily researched. So, um, and there's a huge amount of benefits that have come from that research. And the practice now is done um, in America, in Europe, and there's quite a few guides got, being trained up in Ireland. Okay, so you are a practitioner of this and you've been working away in the forests with people. And practically speaking, when people do this, you know, people go on this uh, walk through the woods, let's say, with you at their ease, um, they come back typically, don't they? they? They really do get something from this. Yes, they do, because the studies have shown that um, forest bathing improves your sleep, it boosts your mood, it increases concentration, it reduces your heart rate, your blood pressure. It reduces a hormone called cortisol, which causes stress to increase in the body. It's very grounding, and we get the benefits, too, of the sunlight, so it boosts our vitamin D. Most Irish people are uh, deficient in vitamin mm. D. It makes our nervous system, you know, less prone to fight or flight. And um, the trees themselves produce like their own um, essential oil or chemical to protect them from fungal and bacterial infections. These are called phytoncides, and we inhale those when we walk in the forest. So we get the benefits of those as well, and it increases our natural killer cells. So our immune systems are boosted and everything. And they've mm. done so many studies on this. Um, like, um, I could give you lots of examples. I know, I know. Yeah. I know, but look, at, I hear what you're saying, and it's it's proven, and it's it's a big thing, started in Japan, but it's all over the world now, and you practice it right here in the northeast. So how long does a, a, a bathe in the forest take? How long are you out there for? And just take us through, you know, in, in, in an overview of what's involved. So it's very, very simple. There's no work involved. We meet a... Uh, Because of my background is yoga, I tend to do um, a few breathing exercises, Mm. you know, to rise in the body and ground and connect. Um, I do a little bit of movement, um, very gentle movement involving breath. um, And so that's your yoga. 
And then from there, I just offer simple invitations. Very, very simple. I don't do a lot of talking because I don't want to drive people up into their heads. But what I do is try and encourage them to open up to their senses. So forest bathing is different from just going for a normal walk. What a lot of people do is they allow their thoughts to take them for a walk. Forest bathing is when you're just immersing in your senses in the ambiance of the forest. And there was a study done recently, and it was in Derby in the UK, and they said it's not what you do with your time. It's what you do with your time outdoors that matters. Mm. So so you think of it, a lot of people go for walk in built-up areas, lots of traffic and uh, fumes and that kind of thing and noise, and they go and they pound the streets and they have their headphones on, and um, they're in their heads constantly, and they come back, and they feel more kind of depleted, whereas they go in the forest, they feel more relaxed, they feel more energised, they feel calmer. And the forest bathing walk um, isn't just a one-off thing. What people do is they take it home with them, and then they use the skills that they, they, they discovered on the walk, and it enhances their relationship with nature, and they're coming home to their bodies, so that it stays with them. It's not yes. just like a quick fix. You know mm. what I mean? I'm getting what you're saying, actually. I'm concentrating here, and I understand what you're saying, because I love to walk myself, head off with the dog and that, but I walk with my thoughts. And I find that very useful for me from, from a work point of view and that as well. I, I think about things and I come up with ideas, mad ideas most of the time. But anyway, I do come up with ideas and I, I sort things out in my head. But I can see the difference in what you're doing because you're tuning in to yourself, within yourself, and those senses and everything, and connecting more with what's around you. I I get it. Mm. Well, the forest is always giving, and people think, you know, nature is just there for us to take from, but our relationship with nature is actually reciprocal. And as we inhale, we inhale oxygen. As we exhale, we exhale carbon dioxide. And the tree is facilitating that relationship Mm. between the giving and the receiving as we walk. And also the forest is always giving. It can be your therapist, your friend, your doctor, your healer, your teacher. And the forest is actually the therapist on the walk. I actually do very little. I just guide. Yes. Um, and yeah, and nature seems to rise up and meet people. And I ask them just to trust that you will receive everything you need today. And they do usually. And um, some people have quite profound experiences. And they may come straight away or they may come later on. But um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I I I hear what you're saying. And how long? How long typically are you out there for? What? How long does one of About these? Two two hours. Yeah, it goes very very. Quick, I I, I can imagine it does. And funny, yes, they go go back to psychologist Shane Martin. He said that two hours in a week is terrific if you can reconnect with nature out in the wilderness as well. So as I said, this today you are building on on what he spoke to us uh, about yesterday. So gentle movements, touch yoga in there. Not much intervention for yourself, and the two hours will fly by. You've one coming up, have you, this weekend? I have one on Saturday at ten o'clock. It's in Cavan. It's about thirteen minutes from Navan, and then I have one on the bank holiday Monday in February, and um, I think that's the twenty sixth. So I, I, I do about one walk a month yeah. and um, I get people from all walks of life and um, and they come for their own reasons. Sometimes they're curious or sometimes they have an underlying reason or just, mm. yeah, and they, they want to discover more about their own relationship with nature. Um, I always encourage people to, you know, turn off their phone or put on airplane mode because we do that physical act of unplugging and um, we just immerse ourselves in the forest. Mm. and. There will always be other people around when we're on these walks, but that's just the way the 
the earth the earth is. Yes. And we also leave the forest as we found it. So there's that they just cultivate that little respect for the forest and people there's lots of signs and symbols in nature that when the mind quietens we begin to notice. And mm. that's where the magic happens. When you start to notice. Mm. Um it's really beautiful. Yeah. And winter is very special because we are cyclical beings and we tie in with seasons. So winter is telling us to rest. It's about more contemplation. It's about pulling that book off the shelves that you haven't read for, or you've been planning to read. It's about that kind of thing. And then we enter into spring, which is around, more around renewal and receiving. So winter is, or nature is reflecting this to us the whole time. Mm. It's giving us signs and messages and symbols. And um, yeah. I was just thinking about that as well, as you mentioned it, because the seasons are terrific because our own human rhythm ties in with those seasons. And mm. as you walk in the woods, the woods change, flora and fauna changes, and that, you know, that, that's connecting with that as well. So it's, it, it's very seasonal as such. How do people find out more about these walks, about uh, forest bathing and your yoga, etc.? How can they get in contact with you directly? Um, Boyne Valley Forest Bathing and Yoga and I'm on Facebook and Instagram, and I, um, my website is on there as well. And even if they're just curious, just you know, send me a quick message. Just let me know. But I always say to people when you come on the walk, I kind of prepare them that they will be slowing down because obviously some people have a little resistance as they slow down. Mm. But you know, I'm there to guide. The forest is there to support, and the walk is all about being here rather than getting there. Um, so, because we're very conditioned to get someplace and achieve something, and I don't use the word meditation, or I don't even tell them to relax, because that's imposing something and setting them up for kind of I have to be. They don't have to be anything. They give themselves permission to do very, very little. Yes. And they just wander with ease and without much effort. You have a terrific soothing voice may I say I can get that <laughs> I am very suited to what you do so your next walk is this Saturday the, the uh, 21st yeah, I have a few spots okay people are welcome to contact me the cost is 25 euro we always end the walk actually with a tea ceremony which is traditional in Japan uh, in, tea ceremony in Japan is, is usually silent but actually uh, and we forage a plant and we have tea and it's snacks but actually an Irish tea ceremony we chat a lot, and that's a cultural thing, I think. <laughs> yes, so you, yes. <laughs> you can finish off and let all that uh, chat out at the end and meet everybody and have the cup of tea as well. Sure, you can't Aww. beat that. That's the lovely way to finish. So the next one is this Saturday, and then you mentioned the bank holiday, which is February the 6th, Monday the 6th of February. 26th, yeah, they can get in touch with yeah. me. And just all we're doing is cultivating relationships. The forest invites people to receive, have, you know, a little bit of healing, Fun, relaxation, slowing right. down. That's all it is. It's so simple. So good for uh, us to, to tune into this and do this and slow down in this mad racing around world of ours. Lovely to catch up with you today. I've learned, not at all, I've learned about forest bathing. And as I said, you have to come on. <laughs> please, God, d- d- down the road, down the road. Thanks, Eleanor. Take care of yourself. Not at all. Bye bye. That's Eleanor Moore in there. Boyne Valley.
uh, forest bathing and yoga. Check her out. Reminding you, you can listen to the Premier League here on LMFM every Saturday. LMFM.ie are on the app, powered by Talk Sport. This Saturday, Liverpool play Chelsea at half 12. At 3 o'clock, West Ham face Everton. And then at 5.30, it's Crystal Palace up against Newcastle. Premier League live with Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. Oh, Palace did Arsenal a big favour last night, Louise. They got a, a late, late equaliser against Manchester United. Mm, a little boost for the Gooners. Mm. Uh, United denied the win there. What a day for the Irish movie industry. The BAFTA nominations announced. The Banshees of Inishirin. 10 nominations. Oh, it's looking good oh, for the Oscars, yeah. isn't it? Uh, and Colleen Kuhn got a couple of great ones as well. Even and the Need Connections. Yes, yep. yes. And the Best Actor category. God, it's a real Irish dogfight. Colin Farrell's up for Best Actor for Banshees. Paul Meskel for Aftersun. And Daryl McCormick for Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. So, great day for the Irish and the Baptist. And of course, the Oscars still to come. Hey, Louise, I was thinking about your sad announcement that Argus are closing. Yeah. in Ireland the Republic it of is. Ireland isn't it they, in the Republic yes yeah, so, yeah, it's okay in Northern north Ireland of the border yeah. but I mean, think of all the people who are going to lose Some, their jobs there hundreds yeah, and we've a lot of stores here in the North as well but I was thinking of you and your toaster and your kettle yeah. and <laughs> what are you going to do I have to buy them elsewhere you will you will I'll bring them back for the clothes this is Louise was telling us about Argus and the kettles and toasters and they're great and they give a guarantee years. there you go yeah you the, buy a kettle and a toaster and you buy an extended warranty and then you bring it back for the warranty is out and you get a new one yeah and you just pay the quid of a difference. That's all finished. And every other electrical wholesaler in the northeast now knows when you see Louise Walsh <laughs> coming to your shop, you'll hear the alarm I'll going off. I'll be using a saucepan. <laughs> anyway, you, I was thinking, but we do think of the people who won't have jobs yeah. because of the closure. It's a sad day. And I'm sure, you know, when it opened first... Would I be right in saying it was one of the first places with flatback furniture yeah, in Ireland? I, I, I would say so. Yeah, so it, it would have to be. Yeah. People, I'd say, struggling with missing screws <sighs> oh, and my, too many screws. My word. So they'll still be north of the border yeah. and you, they're online as well. Yes, you can purchase. I presume so. On, I presume online. it'd be like pre yeah. when they came here that you could order but and they, they were very, via post. Yeah, they were very handy, weren't they? Like, you know, if you wanted something like you mentioned there, you could just hop in and they had it. They just had it. They had Chances it. Chances are they'd have yeah, it. Yeah, it was rare that they wouldn't have it but obviously they're not going to be carrying that level of stock etc from now on there are many issues involved but there you go Argos is a thing of the past leaving no us No more catalogues Do you remember the catalogues? Mm. The size of them? Yeah. Oh in the name of God You talk about the phone books they're about three times the size of a phone book You'd be going to the chiropractor after picking up one with <laughs> your back but the, the, the catalogues are actually they weren't printing them anymore Were they not? No I don't think so Were they printing even if no, very fine. N- no, last time I went in, I think you had to. It was the screen only. You had oh, to okay. go on the screen oh. and, and have a look. Yeah, I'm nearly sure the Argus catalogs were anything, but sure, the people used to pick them up willy nilly and sure have a look at something, and then they'd be I good. Loads of them around the house. No way. Yeah, they'd be very good if you had a flood. You could build a wall with Argus <laughs> and keep the flood waters back. <laughs> well, they'd be, be a good back use for, for a time. Yeah. Anyway. 
Yeah, yeah, no, that that's I, I can see merit insulation in purposes around the windows. <laughs> I'd yes, I'd say Louise Walsh well, Argus catalogs come back to Propping the time up the bed. <laughs> they arrived in Ireland, <laughs> knowing you and your hoarding <laughs> tendencies for sure. Ah, yes, the demise of Argus. We bemoan it today on the show. Now today is a big birthday day because I do want to wish my son Jared a very happy birthday. It's his birthday today, and I always remember the day he was born and the joy that my late father, Brendan, when I went and told him that he had a grandson. I'll never forget the joy. And the first time I saw Jared, because I wasn't at the delivery, I could see his hands. His hands were, you know, something that you, you can't. And of course, he's uh, definitely put them to good use in his life with his skills on the golf course, for sure. But I want to wish him the happiest birthday from us all uh, and have a great one. And, you know, Louise, it's another big birthday day. For, he shares his birthday with a very famous woman. He does? Yes. Dolly Parton is 77 years young today. She was born wow. on the 19th she of still January. She looks amazing. She looks incredible, doesn't mm. she? She Johnny. really does. And she's going strong and she's doing great stuff and she helps so many people. And really, her music is timeless. So I think it's appropriate on this day of birthdays, big birthdays, to have a listen to a cracker from Miss Dolly Parton. Happy birthday, Jared. Happy birthday, Dolly. And everybody celebrating their birthdays today on the 19th of January. Here you come again Just when I've begun to get myself together You waltz right in the door Just like you've done before And wrap my heart round your little Always delighted to have a chat with my next guest on the show. He's so interesting. He's the founder of Connect Hearing. He's an audiologist. James Clay, welcome back to Late Lunch. Sherry, thank you very much. Not at all. I want to start with something that's maybe a little off-centre. Okay. Um, we have a question in from a listener about a child six to seven years of age with profuse wax coming from their ears. Okay. Is it something to be concerned about or what should they do? It's a, it's a very natural thing because really earwax is really just dead skin and oil. And the, the skin starts growing at the eardrum, moves its way out slowly and very, very slowly. And then it dies in the latter third of the ear canal. And that flakes off the sebaceous gland, exude the oil. That makes earwax, and generally it just dumps out, it just falls out. But you'll find it in children that it really gathers, and the worst thing really you could do is go in and try and scoop it out, because you'll push much more in than you'll ever take out. You need either the equipment or the tools, and or the tools, to actually take it out. It has to be, it has to be done properly. So you would say go to a professional and have that done? Absolutely. First, first port of call is your GP. Get the GP because what looks bad in the outer 
the, the outside of the ear canal may not be blocking the ear canal itself. So it's only cosmetic. It's nothing more than just wiping it like like your nose running. That's not a problem. You told me here one time before yes. to stop cleaning my ears. Yes. And I have stopped cleaning. I've yes. never cleaned my ears since you told me there. And yes. it has had no adverse effect on me. No, it won't. Very often it's it just gets into a person's head that they need to actually clean it out. Um, when in fact they don't, you know, it, it's, it's a very natural product. And again, if we just think about it, if we needed to take the wax out of our ears, by the time a child or an infant would be three, six or 12 months old, it would be deaf. And that's we all know that's not the case. Yes. So therefore, leave it well enough alone. It's well enough designed. Of course, there are always anomalies. Yes. There will always be, but it, it does it itself. Now... Hearing is a very precious thing. It's only yes. when you lose it you understand <laughs> how precious yeah. it is. And, and you yeah. know, this is your business. But in today's world, with, you know, so many people with these, you know, headphones in, yes. you meet them all over the place. And you can actually, if you're walking by people at times, you wonder, God almighty, do you hear the noise of that? Yeah. Are you seeing the effects of this? We, we do see it. It's difficult without the data to know where the increase is, but we can only take it from um, a global point of view. The CDC, the Centre of Disease Control in the States, they did some, and they published some um, research recently that say that up to 24%, so almost a quarter of young people 17 to 30 will have a hearing loss because they're listening to personal sounds, players, iPhones, whatever it is, they're listening to them at high levels and for prolonged periods of time. Mm. So this is people, this is just in leisure, in the course of life and yes. day. It's not in a job where, you know, no, no. a noisy job or anything like that. No. It's just going about our daily lives. See, if we look at it back a few generations ago, the noise-induced hearing loss was brought about by industry. That's now flipped, <clears throat> excuse me, it's now flipped to recreational. Mm. So there was also study um, released at the beginning of this century, just about 2005 thereabouts, that said that recreational noise, so that's pubs, clubs, that thing, three times louder than they were in the mid-80s. And that's a function of better amplification systems, um, more speakers about the place. Years ago, if you remember, in the 80s you go into a pub, there's a TV above the bar, that's where the sound emanated Mm. from. Mm. Now you go in... If there's one or five televisions, it's piped throughout the, yes. the, the, the room. And that around. is damaging your hearing. And, and you know, you go out yeah. in the night out, you know yourself, yeah. and you're shouting at people across yeah. the noise. Mm. It's very antisocial. You know, when, when you actually think on it, and it was one of the benefits shortly after, after lockdown, whenever it was mandated that all pubs and restaurants had to have the background, the ambient sounds at a low level, and that was to stop the propulsion of of, of COVID from one part of a mm. restaurant or pub to another. Um, people could actually talk in a very normal way, and they had the ambient new, uh, yes. music in the background, and it was comfortable. But just slowly and slowly, that's been turned up and mm. turned up, and we're back to shouting at people again. Mm. Yeah. You're sit, you sit here today with us in LMFM Radio in a radio station. Look at me yeah, with yeah. these heads on, mm-hmm. and it's part and parcel of what we do every day. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I've had my hearing tested quite recently and it's yeah. fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm, thank God it is like that mm-hmm. as well. But it's constant use of this stuff. Now, this is not at a very high level. That It's it's the level. It's it is level. all about the level. It's not, of course, you know, our, our hearing is the only sense that's working 24 hours a day. Like whenever you're sleeping, your ears are switched on. The amygdala in the brain is keeping keeping you safe. It's making sure. So if two o'clock in the afternoon, someday you hear a thud in the kitchen, well, you just think it's somebody dropped something. Two o'clock in the morning, you hear a thud in the kitchen. Bang, your ears are there. They're the, that's the guard. So they're working 24 hours a day. And again, it's the level that you put them yes. on, that sound pressure level that you put on them. Mm. A lot of music DJs, you know, you, oh, I know, yeah. you, you, you know mm. what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. are now at ferocious levels because yeah. th- their hearing has been impacted and, and impaired by, you know, Absolutely, and, and if you look at the... Um, like I saw Steve Winwood do um, a session in the BBC uh, studios back maybe about five or ten years ago, and he like, he was wearing hearing aids, mm. took them out, and he left them on his keyboard, put on his cans, mm. played his music, took them back off, and put the hearing aids back in again. Like that's that's inevitable. Yes, you know that amount of noise yeah. mm. rattling through your head. Yeah. It, it does it does damage. Talk to me about what you do, because in Connect Hearing, yes. you are there to help people who yes. have difficulties with the hearing. You know, hearing aids and wearing the wearing of aids and that, it mm-hmm. can really transform somebody's life, can't it? Who has- Absolutely. And one of the things where people, well, people get a hearing test, that really tells you what sound from the outside reaches the auditory cortex. There is a whole story behind that that people don't and are not aware of. Speech processing, speech discrimination. Like there, I remember um, a number of years ago, it was the year before COVID, there was a, a, young, a young girl um, who was at secondary school come in. Her hearing test, there was nothing wrong with it. She was well within normal parameters, mm. but she still had difficulty amongst noise. It, it transpired that she had an auditory processing disorder. So we test not just hearing, but we also test listening because most people don't have a difficulty in a quiet environment. It's when they get into some level of background noise, they struggle. And that's also a test that we do. And because we work with about seven different manufacturers, we have a wide range and they all use different algorithms. And we know which manufacturer suits which person best. Without fear or favour, we'll choose whichever suits the patient best. It's a very important thing, and I'm just thinking here now, I do struggle. If I go into a noisy environment out socially, I mm. find it very hard to hear people. So we would need to see what your speech and noise score would be like. Yes. And that's that's something we, we test routinely. I'd be interested in having that done. Yeah, absolutely, any time. Yeah, 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 just because yeah. now you've you've made me curious, and I'm just thinking, yeah. I can't hear anybody when I'm out socially, if there's any level of noise in the background. Yeah, and and that no 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 you've got me thinking really about it. Come back to children, and you know we talked about the the wax issue and that. You often mm-hmm. grommets. What, what? Yeah, that's look. It's, it's a design fault with the human head. Okay, whenever the human head was being designed, they had forgotten <laughs> something from from uh, from infancy up to about puberty. The the head is quite small and mm. round. And those eustachian tubes from the middle ear to the nasopharynx, the back of the throat, they, they lie in a very flat way. Sometimes they get, want of a better word, gunge, gunk. It's, it's mucosal layerings in the, in the back of the nasopharynx and they stop the eustachian tube from opening. Therefore, the middle ear doesn't aerate properly. Mm. It, it, 
it causes a negative pressure and it's what it would be termed as non-suppurative otitis media. And that's this recurring, what appears an infection with a child. It's just that it's not being aerated properly. So, and, and the prevalence of that is one in every four. So one in every four children from um, infancy through to puberty. And so you pop a grommet, which is just really just, it, it allows air into that middle ear cavity mm. and that sorts that problem. Now, when puberty happens, the face gets a bit longer. The eustachian tubes no longer lie flat. They, they can drain a bit better. And you, you see the problem goes away. It, it, it reduces dramatically then after that. And do grommets make that happen? Yeah, well, grommets alleviate the difficulty yes. that the blocked eustachian tube would, or the eustachian yes. tube dysfunction. So it is, it is, it is a, a thing today still that grommets oh, yeah. do their job and yeah, they're absolutely. important. Absolutely, it alleviates that glue ear situation. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> when when I when I think about that noise thing again and and the noisy world we're in, can you you know have your hearing damaged? in a one-off scenario with a shocking big burst of noise. Oh, you can, definitely, because um, we have, like, I remember working in the north for years and you would have you would have seen it, I wouldn't say routinely, but you would have seen it very often. People that were caught in a blast and yes. and maybe eardrum, eardrum perforated, um, but the nerve endings, you could see it after the eardrum was repaired naturally or otherwise. You could see you could see that big chunk out of that spectrum mm. in those high frequencies. Mm. And what happens is they still hear the volume of people, but they can't understand what they're saying. Yes. And that's the frustrating bit. So, that and that can be helped as well, of course. You can help somebody yeah, who has damage like that due to a, a once-off incident? It can. It depends on what's left. See, hearing aids are not a cure. We can only work with the residual hearing yes. that's left. Hence, it's vital that people get it looked at early on. Because if you have 70% of your hearing left, then we can work with that and you get a, should get a reasonably good mm. result. Mm. But if you have only 30% of your hearing left, that's, that's a small amount to work with. And yeah. we just can't work as effectively. as So the more hearing you have, the better. The better. I want to take a short break. Uh, James is staying with me on the show. If you have a question, and we're going to come on to tinnitus now in a moment because it's a, a big issue for many people. But if you have a question, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. James Clay from Connect Hearing is with us on Late Lunch. Let's talk tinnitus for a moment. What, what causes tinnitus? Oh, tinnitus. Tinnitus is a strange one. It's very, very elusive. Um, but the majority... Well, let me just put it back in the 1950s two scientists Heller and Bergman took um, almost 100 people into a quiet room and they were to report back and these people had normal hearing and they the majority of them up on 90% of them reported that they had some noise in their head and they deduced from that that yes in very quiet environments even people with normal hearing will have some degree of tinnitus so it becomes bothersome when very often it's the person's reaction to it so unfortunately what happens is somebody will get this noise out of the blue and they'll Google it and they'll find out on Google that they end up the possibility of having a brain tumour and they've only got two weeks to live and then they become more anxious. But as your anxiety increases, it does a thing called increase in neural gain. So all the nerve endings are at a higher output. So all of a sudden this noise becomes greater. 
So the more anxious you become, the louder the tinnitus becomes, the more anxious you become at that, and so on and so forth. Tinnitus is really um, very often, very, very often, it's the sign that there is some degree of nerve damage in the inner ear. Now, whether that's within the normal spectrum, up to 8,000 hertz, or whether it's beyond 8,000 hertz, we can always check that out. <clears throat> if it's beyond 8,000 hertz, it would be looked on more as auditory deprivation, more than a hearing loss. So that's just something to be aware of. We do certain therapies to help people through that. Um, and we can refer people in other directions as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, again, it's on a case-by-case -case basis. Okay. Something like TMJ, that temporal mandibular joint disorder, that because there's so much pain um, with that, that tinnitus is also a symptom of that, but it's a, it's it's just... It's a thing called aphaptic transmission. The brain, that auditory cortex, takes up some of the energy, and the only thing it knows is noise, so it produces it as noise. So all of a sudden, you know, we test their hearing, there's nothing wrong. If you go right out more than 8,000 hertz, there's still nothing wrong, but they still have this noise. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a symptom of something else. It's not a pathology itself. Can it be cured? Well, see, because it's not a pathology, there's nothing to cure. The analogy I'll give you, if you have a pain in your knee, mm. it's not the pain you cure, it's the difficulty with the knee. And as a result of that, the pain subsides. Mm. So we have to look at what the most probable cause is with the tinnitus, address that, and then the tinnitus then should abate. You can do it yourselves yeah, 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 or refer on, as you said, if, it, if, it, if, it's, if it's necessary. If it's outside of our scope... We'll know, and it all starts with a hearing test. When we do a hearing test and we have a, an instrument called a tinnitus functional index and we have the tinnitus handicap index as well, and these are psychometric tests that, that can establish, take the subjective, which is the noise in your head, we can bring it down and put a score and compare it. And then we very much know with that and the hearing test then what the most probable mm. angle is and if it's not within our scope we'll refer you on to mm. whoever it is just before we finish it's important to say again it's such a precious gift one of the five senses oh. are hearing yeah. and and uh, and i i know it firsthand because back um last february um at 25 past nine i was with a patient and buying my left ear just stopped and there's raging tinnitus it, it was a sudden sensory neural loss it mm. turned out it was a viral hit um, I got on to the hospital at lunchtime. I had another audiologist with me, tested my hearing, tested it again the following morning. I saw ENT. I was on medication, steroids and antivirals. And in the space of about five, six days, thankfully, it came back again. Fantastic. So, it you is. know, you even, yeah, uh, yeah, it was brought home to you, yeah. the preciousness yeah. of it. Connect Hearing. Yes, we're, we're here in the Mel in Drogheda. Um, we're up there with a full-time clinic up there. Um, there's a number of audiologists. Alison is um, steering the ship up there. Um, we have also clinics in Donegal, and we have three clinics in Dublin as well. Check them out, Connect Hearing. They're there to help. If you have any concerns, they'd be delighted to facilitate your needs. Thank you for joining me once more, James Clay, and wish you well. Jerry, thank you. Thank, thank you. you very much. Heading towards news, uh, weather and sport at three o'clock now in the company of Mr. Phil Collins. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear.
And today it's the number two from this week in January 1982. And it was a big one, a big number one, in fact, but two on this week in the charts. It was recorded by the German group Kraftwerk originally in 1978. But it actually didn't become a hit until 82 when it appeared on the album Computer World. It was released in German and English. But it's one of those songs that just sticks in your mind, isn't it? Yes, it's our number two in the chart countdown from January 82. Here it is. Number two in the top five countdown from this week in 1982. It's Kraftwerk there with the model, and we'll bring you the big number one from that week tomorrow, around about this time on the show. My sister Katrina was in touch to wish Jared, my son, a happy birthday from herself and me, all his godparents. I'm delighted to do that. And uh, she's in this neck of the woods, so. Look forward to seeing her over the next couple of days. Now, just to remind you, our uh, LMFM radio bingo jackpot stands at €8,400. You can buy your book for next week's game online or from outlets across the North East. For more information, log on to Radio Bingo on LMFM.ie. Well done to Kathleen Bennett from Mooneystown at Boy and Bernadette Duffy from Cortown Kells, who both won €400. And Margaret Fitzmaurice, Cortown as well. Oh, the money's gone to Cortown this week. €600 better off. Play the bingo and it could be you. If you're not in, you can't win. Final break of the afternoon on the way on late lunch. And afterwards, the mock exams are imminent. Joe McCormick has all the hints and tips how to get through them successfully. My next guest knows all about exams and how to get through them successfully. He's an educational expert, a secondary school teacher who's taught a range of subjects. He founded Ace Maths Tuition back in 2019 and produced the wonderful book How to Ace the Leaving Sarah. Delighted to say hello again to Joe McCormick. Hi, Joe. Terry, thanks for having me on again. Not at all. You're very welcome. Anyway, the mocks are imminent. It's a terror. You know, you're only out at Christmas into the new year and here are the mock exams on the horizon uh, for students. How important are these mocks, Joe? Um, I suppose they are important, particularly for the Leaving Cert cohort this year because um, a lot of these students didn't actually say the junior cert and uh, people forget mm. that. Mm. Um, but we, we, need to, we need to keep the mocks in perspective. Like, it's very early in the year, you know. Um, everybody needs to kind of just temper their expectations a small bit. Um, I suppose we need to remember that it's the first time these students will have sat down a full paper, like if you're not including that junior cert that they missed. Mm. And um, it'll be the first time that all the topics will be tested together. And of course, it's a longer exam than they're used to. And I suppose we need to take into account as well, big time, that they, they haven't the course finished. And there's a hell of a lot of work still to do, like still three months. So, um, Mm. You know, it's uh, the mocks tend to be stiff enough papers as well. So I suppose it's just great practice for them, Jerry. You know, to yeah. sit down an exam and, 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 you know, the timing thing is a big thing, you know. And so 
Yes. It doesn't really help in the long term, you know? Yeah, so it is a marker, it is a point in time, it is a lengthy exam, as you say. It gives you a feel for what it's going to be like come the month of June. And tougher, as you say, it's set, but it's a good uh, practice run, and, and that's what I'm hearing from you. And as such, it should be taken really uh, seriously. But you know, beyond it, you know, when when, when you said the results come out, it's not a, a red flag or a time to panic, is it? No, because um, as I said, the teachers the, the teachers are only really getting going now, and they, they, their minds really start to focus on the June exams and um, really the, the content that they they really want to get into the students. You know, from now on. And um, the other thing you need to remember is that um, the, the mind can only retain a certain amount of information, so mm. um, information needs to be repeated. And like it's basically whatever um, is, is done during the last six weeks, I think is really important. Um, if we if we compare like maths for example, the grades in maths on average in your in your mocks, um, only forty percent would get a H four or above, which is sixty percent or above, you know. Mm. Whereas that 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 is doubled in the leaving search. Last year, eighty percent got a H four or above. So like that that'll just give you an idea of the the results and how they can increase. So like I mean a H six can can easily become a H four. Yeah. So, like, it's all about just keeping the head together, you know, and mm. doing your best, really. So those final six weeks, you say, are the crucial, and by that stage, you'll have the courses covered and you'll be more, you know, focusing on the main game. In terms of this, you know, time of year, mocks on the way, heading towards the end of January, how much time should students, Joe, be putting into study across the board? You know, giving a, a fair crack to each topic. How many hours a night? Um, it's, a, it's a tough question to ask, Ger- answer, Jerry, because it's different for leaving cert and junior cert. Obviously, the, the junior certs are, are obviously doing their mocks as well. Yeah. Um, to me, to me, the most important thing is that they do their homework well. You know, mm. homework is always the priority. So I always say, do your homework like a piece of ex- an exam question. You know, treat it, treat it really professionally, and, and, and do it as best you can. After that, um, I would try and do one or two revision blocks every evening. You know. Uh, Thirty-minute revision blocks are ideal, just on you know per subject. Yes. So if you, if you could fit fit one or two or three of them in, you know you're doing well. But like if your homework takes up the full night, I would just focus on homework. Like so, you have to you have to just kind of set up your week to to suit what's what's on the table, basically. You know. Mm. So thirty minutes to give thirty minutes to a review each evening would be very good if you can manage it with, with all else that's going on. What about weekends, Joe? Um, I suppose we'd want to be the leading charts would want to be kind of doing a bit of a plan now for this weekend, I would say. And maybe do four or five hours on um, the, the Saturday and the Sunday. And maybe do a little bit on Friday night as well. Um, but uh, again, it depends. Just just against, do you know the timetable, I suppose? You know yourself like that. If you have something planned out, you're more likely to stick to it. Yeah. You know? And is that four or five hours a day you're saying Saturday and Sunday, or four and five in total between the two days? No, I think um, I think you could do four hours on Saturday and four hours on Sunday. Okay. I, I don't think that's 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 out of the question. Mm. Um, if I was if I was given like I'd, I'd give my advice to leading chairs every week, obviously. But if I was if I was preparing for a mock exam, I would just kind of pick out two two or three topics from each paper, Jerry. You know, um, you're not going to get the whole course revised at this stage because, like. Most students are about ten days out now at this stage, you know, and the mocks will be completed before midterm. It sounds like in most cases. So, like, if if you know kind of two topics well off paper one, and two topics well off paper two, 
know, two of the bigger ones, let's say. And then you go in and just give them a good old lash in the exam and then and do your best on the other ones. You know, you, you're, I think that's a good plan because like a lot of them are going to a meltdown next few days trying to get everything done, and I don't think that's why... That's good advice. Good advice, and and, and uh, from someone like yourself, who's uh, deeply involved in this game of revising and study, etc. You yourself, you, you you're working with students all the time, but you work online too. Tell us a bit about that. If people need more help from you, yeah. So I've um, math classes for six years on in results, and I've two two classes online as well, and. Um, I try to have just the classes interactive, Jerry, so that they're, they're involved and they're, they can ask questions. And, and, um, and basically, we work through the material each week and they get homework to do, and there's loads of notes that go with it and everything like that. So, um, yeah, look, I'm, I don't talk about the mock that much because to me, mm. as you said, it's a snapshot in time and um, go in and do your best. And like, the, the goal that for me is always to get them ready for June. And like I've planned out what I'm going to do with them over the next few months, and and, and they will be ready for June. And like I think every every teacher is kind of like that as well. You know, yes, yeah. Try to just keep keep it calm around this time because um, it is it is quite daunting going into face some topics maybe you haven't even done in class as well. Mm. Depending if the teacher takes them off the marks or leaves them on, you know. So yes, that can be tricky. So that online joining you online, how do youngsters do that we've lots of parents and, and some students I'm sure listening to us today how, how do they get in touch with you to get on board there yeah so you can you can get in touch with me by just um, logging into my website asolutionbooks.com where obviously I sell my math solution books for junior and leaving cert and um, if you're interested in, in fifth or sixth year higher level tuition um, there's a link there where you can just register and um, I'll get back to you pretty quickly so that's ace that's kind of it repeat that again the website yeah, it's com. That's where you can get it in touch with Joanne. What about your book? Is it still available? How to Ace the Leaving Cert? Yeah, still going, Jerry. Yeah, great. In today for it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice little book because um, it's not just for six years, really. It's, it's, I, I, I kind of wrote it with second year upwards in mind. Mm. The English is very simple, and even though it's called How to Ace the Leaving Certificate, you know, but. Um, it's, it's yeah. There's actually a chapter in the mocks on it there. So um, it, it's you know different different times of year. The, the book comes into play, and it's, it's it's useful to dip in and out of it for advice and that. Yeah, great. No, it's a terrific book. I remember when it came out, having it myself, and uh, it's a timeless really, and it applies as you say from yeah. second year on and, and upwards. Anyway, look, the uh, academic year is moving on. There's lots of help out there, and Joe McCormick is a great resource. I highly recommend him to you to check him out again. And again, it's Ace solutionbooks.com for more information if there's a young person in your life would like uh, a little assistance on the run into June and the big exam this year Leave Insert and Junior Cert both covered as well Joe wish you well thanks for taking time out to have a chat with me again today Thanks Jerry. all the best Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Joe McCormick there and uh, he really is a terrific guy and he puts a lot of work into helping uh, young people, you know, achieve what they wish in the exams and wish them all well. The mock's coming up soon and then the big exams themselves beyond. Now, let me tell you what's happening on late lunch, final day of the week, Friday, tomorrow afternoon. We're creatures of habit, aren't we? Oh, we certainly are. And you're going to understand how much habit 
creatures of habit we are with us tomorrow on the show I promise you pothole punctures oh yes the bloody potholes it must be the weather I notice there's more and more of them on our roads we're going to be talking to a guy who hit a pothole and he'll tell you the story of what ensued Joy Booth is with us She's very like Mary Coughlin, she really is. She's wonderful voice and music. She's with me tomorrow. David Cheaton will cover off the sport, as usual. And I'm working on a nice piece of comedy for you and the TV theme to be guest as well. All coming up on Friday's Late Lunch here on LMFM Radio. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive. Do stay with us here on the station. Wonderful music and more besides. And we'll be back tomorrow, Friday tomorrow afternoon for the final show. Do join us. Have a nice evening. We'll see you then. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com upgrade.